something I didn't mention during the announcement time, but uh, you will probably have seen it in the bulletin, seen it online, on Facebook, or in our emails that we've been sending out. We're doing a bit of a scripture challenge this year. We would love it if you would read through the Bible as much as you can through the year. And I, I recognize getting through the Bible, the whole Bible, in one year is difficult, and especially if you're not a quick reader. So there are other plans available for reading it through in two years or three years. Um, we'd just like to be seeing people in the Word this year. Um, one of the ways we're doing this is through the YouVersion Bible app. If you download the app and then search for... Um, Fairview Avenue Brethren in Christ Church, and just mark that as your church, you'll be able to access the, the uh, Through the Bible in a Year plan that we're doing right now. And if you're having trouble doing that, and I know a couple of people have had, uh, we would be really happy right after service today to help you to get that app installed and show you how to use that. So would you pray with me as we begin? Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you are always present with us, and especially so when we open your word. We ask, God, that you would reveal yourself in your word and through us today. Teach us. Teach us what you would have us see. Show us how to follow you more closely, how to apply this to our lives. We ask for your leading, your blessing, and your special presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So it is the beginning of a brand new year. Um, we've already had a few days. We've already had some time to think about it. I know this is a time when people put together their New Year's resolutions. People resolve to do new things that they will likely never do. Or maybe they'll start, but never finish. Uh, you know, if you think about some of you probably have some old exercise equipment sitting somewhere in the house that is just not getting used. Or maybe you've gotten rid of yours already, but... That's usually the way that goes, right? Regardless of how you feel about resolutions, a new year is a good time to make a brand new start. And that includes spiritually. Um, it is one of the reasons why we're talking about this Bible reading program, to try to get us in the Word every day, even if it's only for a few minutes, and I hope you'll do that. One of the trends I see, you know, there are a lot of pop culture trends that show up on Facebook and on the web in different places, and one of the trends that I see at the beginning of the year is to do some kind of a detox diet or a cleanse. Do you, do you see those? I see a lot of those kinds of things. Um, as far as I can tell from friends who have done it, a cleanse means spending an entire day in the bathroom after which you resolve to never do that again. So, you know, I have avoided that. <laughs> Now, the desire to get rid of toxins in our bodies, well, that's, that's a really good one. That's actually a good desire. But, you know, for most of us, that can be accomplished through healthy eating. But how do you cleanse your soul? How do you cleanse your spirit? You know, these past few years have been pretty toxic. You know, all this stuff that's gone on, all the... You know, whether it was the COVID stuff or it was the politics stuff, the blur of Christ and politics that kind of left a stain on the church and a bad taste in the mouths of people who are watching the church. And, and I don't know about you, but this constant drain of scandals and accusations and finger pointing and general meanness from people who call themselves Christians, it, it kind of leaves me feeling sick. Listening to the news itself can feel 
completely toxic. I have a good friend who quit listening to the news uh, broadcasts altogether a couple of years ago. Um, he doesn't even want to talk about anything news-related. He just doesn't want to know. He says he's much happier for it. Well, I, I get that attitude, especially with where we've been. Now, you probably don't do this, but here's what I do sometimes. Sometimes I'll just drive down the road in my van, and I'll have the loudest music I own playing at the loudest volume my sound system can take just to kind of blow the cobwebs out, just to shut out all the other noise. You ever done that? Yeah, some of you have done that. And no, Taylor Swift doesn't count. No, <laughs> doesn't work. You have to have something a little louder than that. Sometimes I just need to get the noise out of my head. The Bible gives us a very clear way to get the noise out without blowing out our eardrums. Each year at this time, as I mentioned earlier, the Brethren in Christ Church has this week of prayer and fasting. And we pray for the church, we pray for ourselves, we pray for one another. And it's just a really good time of spiritual focus. It's a good time to clean your soul. This morning, I want to talk about a kind of divine detox through prayer and fasting. I want to talk about three things, really. I want to talk about what prayer and fasting is and why we do it. I want to talk about Jesus' example of praying by himself. He would go off by himself and solitude, and he would really pray. And I want to talk about prayer and fasting for spiritual breakthrough, because it can be an amazing way to gain freedom from things that we haven't been able to gain freedom from before. So the first thing we want to look at is, uh, is the purpose of prayer and fasting. Why do we do this? Prayer and fasting isn't just a religious ritual. Uh, sometimes, you know, I think we think of it as, you know, that's something monks do when they're monking, you know, when they're being monks. Being monkish? I'm not sure. There's, there's a word in there somewhere. They can be powerful tools, prayer and fasting. They can deepen our relationship with God. They can align our hearts with his will. In Matthew chapter 5, or rather chapter 6, Jesus talks about the importance of sincerity and humility in prayer and fasting. And when he talks about prayer and fasting, this is what he says. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to the Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask him. Now notice that Jesus says, when you pray. It doesn't say, if you pray. It says, when you pray. He assumes that you understand that prayer is a really important part of being a believer. We not only believe in God, we talk with God. When I was first a Christian, I, uh, I was very embarrassed to pray in public. Um, I didn't grow up in the church. I, I grew up, you know, in a very secularized home. I, I didn't know any of those fancy King James words. And I couldn't go on with these long, eloquent prayers, full of insight and laden with scripture. 
I just didn't know how to do that. But Jesus is saying here, you know, you, that's not really necessary. When we pray, we don't have to get up and do it in public. In fact, there was kind of a showy thing going on here that he's addressing and, and you know, getting up and making a big spectacle of our prayer in front of other people. He says, we, we can go to a quiet place and just talk to God by ourselves. You know, the, I think it's the King James that says, go to your prayer closet. Uh, some people take that literally. A fellow that I went to college with uh, in, in the dorm room, he, he cleaned out his closet and made that his prayer room. And every morning he would go inside that closet and he would pray to God. He took that pretty literally. I don't think that's quite what it means. It means to get by yourself, to spend some time alone with God and uh, just to talk to him. Now, it's not that public prayer is wrong. You know, praying corporately, praying together as a church, it can be a pretty powerful thing, can't it? But we need to spend some time alone with God. And it can be very, very powerful in changing your life. One of God's precious gifts is that we can talk to him. And we can do that by ourselves. We can do it without representation. We don't need to have some third party talk to God for us. We can talk to him directly. And he will hear us. Prayer lets us communicate with our Heavenly Father. It's a place where we can pour out our hearts and seek guidance, where we can pray for others. In prayer, we learn to listen to God, and we listen for his guidance, and we learn how to follow him. You know, in this same passage, if we jump down a little further, Jesus talks about fasting. Starting in verse 16 of Matthew 6, Jesus says, when you fast... Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you that they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting. But only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Well, again, Jesus assumes that you will fast. It doesn't say if you fast. It says when you fast, and he repeats that twice. See, when, when God repeats himself in Scripture, we need to pay attention. You know, the first part about prayer, he repeats himself three times, and here he repeats himself twice. We need to pay attention to that. That means that it's important. And again, Jesus assumes that you will fast. Fasting can be a really important discipline that helps us spiritually Denying ourselves some kind of physical nourishment reminds, our, uh, reminds each of us of our dependence on God and our need for him to reach into our lives. It admits our weakness, and it, it puts ourselves in God's hands. Now, if you're looking at the text, you'll notice that I, I skipped over something. <laughs> I skipped over something pretty big. The lesson on prayer, the lesson on fasting, they sandwich another lesson, the lesson on how to pray. Right in the middle of that, this is during the Sermon on the Mount, right between those two lessons is the Lord's Prayer. Very simple way to pray. Very easy way to pray. Sometimes I go into prayer and I can't think of what to pray. Like I, I'm just sort of at a loss for words. You know, maybe I'm really troubled or that's a good place to start. It's okay just to pray the Lord's Prayer because that's how Jesus taught us to pray. 
It's a great starting point. You don't have to be fancy. You don't have to be original. You just have to pray. Uh, our Bishop Rob Patterson wrote an excellent article on fasting last year, uh, and he makes uh, several points about fasting that I think are pretty helpful. He says, fasting is a weapon of spiritual warfare. Think about that. He says that in God's economy, somehow fasting enhances our prayers. But when we pray and fast, guess what? The devil fights back. Remember when Jesus went to the desert to fast and pray? Who shows up? The devil shows up. At a time when Jesus was focusing his attention on God the Father completely, the devil tries to distract him and even tempt him away from God. And that's going to happen when we fast and pray. You know, when we get serious, we get tempted. When we get serious, we get distracted. Bishop Rob says, uh, he told a story about how when he very first, like, and, and he fasts very regularly in his life um, as part of his spiritual discipline. He said, but when he began regularly fasting, on the very first day that he did that, somebody came and knocked on the door and delivered one of his favorite desserts. <laughs> he says, nice gesture, but awful timing. <laughs> now, while Satan may attack you and tempt you, fasting and prayer together can drive him away. You may find that there are times where you find yourself harassed and oppressed under attack. Fasting and prayer can be a powerful tool in driving you away. Why is that? Not because of you and what you're doing, but because you are submitting yourself to God who can drive the devil away. I've known a lot of people to gain great victory over long-term sin and temptation through prayer and fasting. Now, sometimes it's just a breakthrough. Now, uh, Bishop Robin, is, in his article, also said that fasting is a spiritual strength builder. Doing it makes us stronger spiritually. And fasting is also a sacrifice. Uh, fasting... It has to cost you something. It's giving, it's like, you know, you, you ever give something up for Lent? You know, during the Lenten season, you've heard of giving something up for Lent. Um, Lent is a kind of a fast. You know, giving up something important. Um, you know, giving up something that you don't really care about. That's not really fasting. <laughs> well, I'm going to give up eating lentils. You know? I'm going to give up eating Brussels sprouts, unless they're done a certain way. <laughs> you know, giving up things that we don't really care for, that, that's not really a fast, you know. Uh, fasting, you know, we sometimes will say, oh, well, I'm on a fast, and really we're on a diet, and we're trying to lose weight. <laughs> it's not the same thing at all. It's giving up something good. It's a kind of offering to God. There has to be some kind of cost involved there. And I know a lot of people can't fast by stopping eating for a day or reducing food because of health concerns, like diabetes, for example. But there are lots of other things we can fast from, not just food. Now, I know people personally who fast from, you know, using the 
Internet, yeah, exactly, and social media. I know people who fast from watching television. I know people who fast from, you know, a number of things, things that give them pleasure for a period of time so that they could focus more on God. You know, through prayer and fasting, we focus, uh, we position ourselves so that we can experience God's presence and receive his direction. Putting your full focus on God and withdrawing from something important in your life can be a real detox. It can really help get rid of some of that noise. Include God's word in that process. Read the scriptures as a part of it. And that makes it even more powerful and more effective. Let's take a bit of a term. And I want to look at Jesus' example of personal prayer. Mark 1 and verse 35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went out to a solitary place where he prayed. Bonnie and I had a missions professor who you know, she used to tell us all about Joshua's habit of getting up in the morning. And, you know, there's that great thing that's repeated a couple of different times in that story. It says, Joshua arose early in the morning. She said it so often in our missions class that, that after a while, sometimes the whole class, when she got to the second part, would say, early in the morning. And I think she kind of got the hint that she might be saying it a little too often. But her point was well made. Starting the day talking to God can set the pace, and it can prepare you for what's coming in the day ahead. When I was in college, um, I helped to lead a, a men's prayer time that, that uh, starting in my second year, and uh, we'd get up fairly early before breakfast, and we'd go into one of our music practice rooms, and we would pray before breakfast, and sometimes we would skip breakfast, and we would fast at least a meal for the day, and... Um, that went on, you know, there were, people would come, people would go, sometimes the group was large, sometimes it was small, sometimes there were just a few people there. When we graduated a couple of years later, we invited everybody who'd been part of that prayer time together to come to a special service together. And uh, we had a small chapel down the basement and we met in the small chapel and, and I was absolutely shocked. That room was full. We were shoulder to shoulder celebrating and having prayer together and having communion together and praying for one another before we began our, our time away as we left college on our life's journey. And it, sometimes you, you don't realize what kind of an impact these small things can have. And prayer especially can have a major impact on our lives. Jesus got up when everybody else was still sleeping, and he went off on his own to talk to God, his Father. It was his way of preparing himself for the day of ministry that was to come. In Matthew 14, when Jesus walked on water, he missed the boat. The boat left without him. Why did the boat leave without him? Well, he told him to. But, but why did he miss the boat? He was praying. It says he went up on the mountain and he was praying. And that's why he missed the boat. Well, you know, some people would say, well, Jesus should have prayed less and been there on time. It's our natural North American instinct, isn't it? 
But Jesus had it clicked. He had the problem solved. He had it solved in a way that we couldn't. He went out there and walked on top of the water out to the boat. And, and in the same time, he's also giving the disciples a lift in their faith. He's showing them some new things about himself and about him as the Son of God. Have you ever had a hard decision to make? I mean, a really hard decision where you didn't know what was going to come. What am I going to do about this? Or what am I going to do about that? Well, Jesus had hard decisions to make all the time. We have a really good example of how he handles that. Luke 6, starting in verse 12, he says, or it says there, one of these, those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called the disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he designated as apostles. Well, that was a huge decision that he had to make. It was a really important one. It had life-changing and history-making impact. And he went off by himself, and he prepared to make that decision. And he prayed all night before he chose those 12 men. You know, when we talk about our spiritual goals and aspirations, we often talk about becoming more like Jesus, right? We want to become more like Jesus. Well, that is true, and that's an awesome goal. But being more like Jesus means spending time alone with God and talking to God, asking for direction. I'm often amazed at how many people in life will make major life decisions without ever talking to God about it. You know, they'll decide to do something, and I'll ask them, well, did you pray about that first? Well, no. <laughs> I had all the facts. I made the decision. I knew where I was going. And, and it's not surprising that some of those decisions don't turn out quite the way that we had hoped. The last thing I want to talk to you about this morning is, is fasting for spiritual breakthrough. And I think this is really an important thing. There, there are times when I need a spiritual breakthrough in my life. You know, sometimes a spirit of heaviness comes on me, which is hard to lift. Or a besetting sin is there, tempting and plaguing me. A life challenge is needed to strengthen relationships or just strengthen me in spirit. Just shrugging these things off is not good enough. We need God's power to overcome. We need God's power to change. And fasting and praying, they're not transactional. I know sometimes we approach it that way. You know, we, we sort of say things like in our head, uh, we wouldn't dare say them out loud, but we say them in our head. If I fast and pray for you, God, I want you to do something for me. You know, it's like it's an exchange, a transaction. But that's not how this works. That's not what this is all about. We'll talk a little more about that part next week. Fasting and praying is about moving ourselves closer to the power source. Without God, we can do nothing. When you make an effort to draw close to God, as Scripture says, God draws close to you. Draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And as we dedicate ourselves to seeking God's face through the disciplines of prayer and fasting, we are positioning ourselves for breakthroughs. Breakthroughs in areas of personal struggles, spiritual growth, and, and even in the intercession we have for others. 
our spirit gets cleansed. And we experience some of that divine detox. Prayer and fasting are essential practices for every believer who's looking for a deeper relationship with God and desiring spiritual breakthrough. Uh, I've been told by people that they've had breakthrough in you know, so, you know, wrestling with some sins for all their lives, and it was in prayer and fasting that they had the breakthrough. I, I've been told that by some people that you know, they've struggled all their lives to feel comfortable sitting before God and hearing God's voice, and that breakthrough came when they were praying and fasting. You know, so many different things, so many different breakthroughs happen when we are totally focused on God. Through the spiritual disciplines, we align our hearts with God. We draw close to Him. We experience His transformative power. This year, may we follow our Lord in prayer. May we be willing to give something up in order to gain spiritual depth and effectiveness. May these things become an important part of our spiritual journey that leads to the encounter of the fullness of God's presence and his life-changing power. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer. We do that with open hearts and open minds. We ask you to cleanse our spirits because sometimes they need cleaning. We ask you to detox our spiritual eyes because there just seems to be so much poison sometimes and we absorb it, we collect it sometimes. We need to be clean. We need to be free. Let us hear your voice above all others, Lord. Let us follow you more than any other voice. Help us to surrender completely to the power and the fullness of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.